record. I heard your button click, actually. Well, that's I've heard that before. It's probably a good thing that one of us heard something click. <laughs> Rob, hello, how are you? Welcome, we're, we're here hello. on episode 4 of season 2, which is also episode 29, I yes. believe, of I Understood That Reference, It is, which is our podcast. Rob, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm having a great day, Ross. I've had a lot of deliveries. You've, you have you saw my package, the package that was delivered, that I mean, Good that, Lord. That, I, that I sent a picture of. Work sent us over, I'm going to call it an emergency case of beer, but really what it is, it's called a pub in a box. Um, that we're going to be partaking in some beer drinking and some quizzing virtually this Friday. But yeah, it really lifted my spirits this afternoon when, or should I say, it lifted my beers. <laughs> I was going to say a spirits <laughs> joke as well. I let you, I was, oh, okay, nice. Well, at least somebody took it. That's the main thing. <laughs> but Jen, I'm doing well. How are you getting on, you mad old spoon? I am also getting on great. And uh, same thing, really, because I also got a delivery of lots and lots of craft beers, which I'm, I'm, I have in front of me. But uh, Body Riddle from Whiplash and uh, Weights and Measures from Galway Bay. Lovely. But that freaking picture you sent earlier with yeah. the quiz in the box, amazing. Such a good idea, isn't genius. it? Yeah, for those listening, basically, it's as it sounds, the, this company that normally delivers beer has decided to neatly capitalize on all of these virtual quizzes that the, <laughs> that the entire planet seems to be taking part in. Uh, and they send you a pack of eight, maybe 16, even 24 beers if you want. But they'll also include a lovely beer glass, some snacks, like some peanuts and some crisps, um, a beer mat, and even uh, a series of quiz questions. So, like, you're ready to go once that, that uh, box arrives. It's really clever. So, I'm saving that particular set until Friday, but I'm itching to dive in, I have to say. Yeah, I was I was tremendously jealous uh, when I saw it. Mm. But look, I mean, You'll I get there. Beers. <laughs> yeah. Behind the scenes, we did look up immediately to see uh, if we could get it delivered to Ross, but um, it's a little pricey, so we'll have to circumvent that at some point. But uh, don't worry, I'll just describe it to you. <laughs> Until it's then. a little pricey, and Ross is a little cheap, is what you mean by that, so <laughs> not happening. <laughs> I never thought there was a price too steep for you and beer, but I think we might have found it today. I, th- I know, I was also shocked at that. There is actually a price impediment that I will stop at to buy beer, probably just because... This craft central place is so good and so quick at delivery. I'm like, well, there's no point of me waiting an extra 17 days to also get a quiz and a glass, even though that sounds awesome. Yeah, I know. And you probably, <laughs> I mean, glass technology isn't that rare. I mean, you could get a, gla- a nice glass somewhere else. Glass technology right. isn't that rare. <laughs> there's no point in paying £25 for it. That's the price of the kit. You don't want to double okay. the price glass technology jesus christ look i'm clearly i'm missing something if that's the guess but look that's good i guess we're both doing good i hope everybody listening is doing good and mm. why not let's barrel all into our show let's barrel barrel we? barrel See, it's, the, it's the beer thing you know beer barrels as well ah, it's nice oh. and aged much Ooh. like myself <laughs> nicely aged just like yourself just you were talking about your package a minute ago right? <laughs> so let's not i'm not the, i'm not the bad guy here. you leave my package out of this you filthy son of a damn it so, Rob, do you want to jump in first, or what do you think, or how we do this? Um, well, uh, why don't you kick us off? Because I panicked there, quite frankly. Excellent. No problem at all. Something I really want to talk about that's been is almost out. In fact, today is Tuesday that we're recording this. It's Tuesday, right? Yeah, it is. On the 30th, which I believe is Thursday. <laughs> You're doing well so far. Doing good. 26 years waiting for this. Streets of Rage 4 is going to be released on all consoles. Oh, my word tell us more have you played streets of rage one true tree no nope. on the sega mega drive have i you ever played even for a second oh maybe I, to be fair i probably have actually because my older cousins were uh, mega drive fiends so that you mean friends right I, 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 <laughs> um i i don't think so <laughs> i'm gonna stick with fiends final answer chris nice streets of rage okay interesting ah yeah i know what this is uh, never owned it, but I have dabbled. I'll, I'll go that far. That's that's fair enough. Um, I used to love it as a kid. Now, I only ever had the first one, and I played the second one and third one in both ROMs, and then it's on the Sega Mega Drive collection for the PlayStation 4, but I freaking adored. I nearly cursed really loudly for no reason there. Anyway, I <laughs> adored the first game so much. You could play it like two-player. It's a side-scrolling beat-em-up. 
It was released in 1991 for the Mega Drive. The music is awesome. And the sequel, the fourth one, is coming out on Thursday. It's really super cheap, like 25 quid. The music looks excellent. The, the graphics are really kind of cool, cartoony, side-scrolling, very true to the original. You can play it all in retro mode. It's going to be awesome. In fact, Rob, you should buy it and we should play it together online. Can you play it online? Oh, you definitely can. Yeah, you're side-scrolling online. Techno- <laughs> side-scrolling online. Technology is mad. So, glass technology has come very yeah, far. Yeah, the glass technology, man. So tell me this and tell me it now. Is Street of Rage 4, is it a fresh brand new game in the series or is it a remake of the original? Is it still Was there a Street of Rage 4 like back on the Mega Drive and stuff? There certainly was not. It's a, it's a sequel set. I mean, all the characters seem to be fairly haggard and they're in the future now. So Oh, so this it, is literally made, this, this was made in 2020, this game. Oh, oh yeah, this is, it's, it's, uh, the reviews aren't out yet, nothing's out for it yet. They oh, got wow. the original composer back. It, there's even a retro mode that you can listen to the soundtracks while you're playing and use the sprites from the original two games. What? God, they put a lot of thought in this. So, already, okay, so I'm, just, I'm literally Googling about the game right now. Oh, initial release, 30th of April 2020. Genre, beat him up. <laughs> that, <laughs> the official genre the on Wikipedia. <laughs> The Guardian just did a freaking news story about this game. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Wow. It's obviously, there. I'm not the only one excited about it. But basically, you should get it. We should play a two-player game of it. Try and beat the whole thing. I mean, we could try and figure out maybe something about recording it or some shit like that. We probably can't do that, but we can pretend that we will. Now that that is that that that's the level of glass technology that is beyond us for screen recording. I don't know how on earth we'll manage that one. Um, but it's funny that you should bring up Streets of Rage because a lot of people have been really in light of this pandemic but they've been diving back into a lot of retro games yourself included so not oh, to bring not. up the dreaded battles that you've encountered over the last couple of weeks but do you want to shed some light on your Age of Empires and characters of late? Oh, I was, did not know where you were going with that I'm like I really hope he gives me some sort of cue as to what no, he's talking I, about I'm here. telling you I'm telling you what it is yes I've definitely gotten back into Age of Empires uh, a lot recently it's, it's beginning to uh run the old course because i'm getting fairly sick of it by this point <laughs> the, the constant defeats that i suffer oh but my god maybe you know you got the game we could have a few games of that as well oh we'll see i mean the way you described it was um <laughs> i believe it was along the lines of i've just been beaten for three and a half hours i was like what <laughs> it was more grueling that that even sounds yeah getting beaten for three and a half hours which i mean look kind of sounds pretty good if you uh, i know it depends um, on your perspective i think it certainly does but um it's a, it's a weird game because it's obviously again 1993 or 1995 or something like this the original age of empires 2 was released and it's still that version that we're playing today and it's gotten like a really like upsurge and the loads of the different whatsapp groups i know are playing it and That's different wild. online games of people and it's just it's weird it's just mad to play a game that see a surge in popularity that i haven't played in like 16 years the funniest part being that there's a 2018 or 2019 brand new hd remake but you know none of us can run it because all our laptops are too shit that's amazing (laughs) i was gonna say i was like is is it the the remaster of two you're playing but obviously not but what's amazing is that they've still ported age of empires 2 onto steam so that people can play it together online which is just uh, just an amazing mesh of like how gaming and technology works at the moment that doesn't matter if it was released 25 years ago sure we'll just stick it on steam and we'll add the ability for you to play with your mates and it's going to be an absolute sensation and it was it's all the better because the game is made and we can charge 25 bucks for it and I think exactly buy it again <laughs> i mean it was made so long ago that it only probably takes up about 600 megabytes on a, on a usb but and it costs the net the net cost of this is about a cent just to distribute it on steam each time but yeah we'll make a cozy 24.99 on top of that cent <laughs> nine times out of ten easy it's like you know in gamestop when you trade in a game it's like you're buying a game you already traded in before but now you're paying three times the price for it and it's <laughs> and it's 2020 yeah it's already a pre-owned game it's got the, the case has got scratches it's a little bit laggy it kind of glitches here and there but you're by darn if, if i'm not gonna pay the full whack for that one you got you got you got another thing coming you dirty bastard but oh, geez, you dirty bastard bastards <laughs> i'll take your shirt off any man's back bastards bastards <laughs> oh, Jesus, I do get, I do get it off and 
Now that reference will really be lost on a lot of people. No, no one, no one, but Barros is going to get that. That should be a thing. The Paddy Losties in a race in the Age of Empires. <laughs> the add-ons. <laughs> what, what, what would the attack move be called? Take the shirt of <laughs> take the shirt off their backs. The, the, yeah. The, so in Age of Empires, each each race has a special unit. It, the Irish race would have Paddy Losty as their special unit. And every time you'd send them, you'd click on the, the soldier and send them somewhere, he'd be like, bastards. Bastards. <laughs> just a little bit of, little, little Paddy Losty just milling around the place. With all, they, all they have as weapons is just a pint of Guinness and a packet of crisps. Packet of quips. <laughs> and we'll go at it again. <laughs> we are really after losing anybody who's not from oh, Ireland know, right but now. But it's such Basically, a good idea. It's a great idea. A great Look idea. up Paddy Losty on YouTube. It's excellent. Right, Rob, go on. You got some news. You got some. What's I, going on with you? Uh, well, since you started with video games, why do we keep it in that lens uh, for the moment a little bit? Um, should we quickly bring up the controversy surrounding the Last of Us Part Two? I know we already chatted about it before, but this is getting more and more interesting to me personally. Technically, you kind of preempted this. To be honest, you were like oh, talking about this before it kind of made the headlines. The soothsayers. Despite the lack of film releases, we can still soothsay. What soothsay you? Um, listen. <laughs> I'm just like, you go for a man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just me talking, me rambling for a few minutes. Um, so the, the, the story here is obviously, I can't remember how, how much we addressed in whatever other episode or whatever we were talking about in terms of The Last of Us, but we, we, I was stressing how they delayed the release of the game because of logistics issues, but I was under the impression that this is actually just a blessing in disguise or they're, they're, they're making it look like it's a logistics issue but given that it's Naughty Dog the game probably wasn't ready to the standard that they wanted anyway so they're happy to delay it again like the game was supposed to release towards the end of last year delayed until February delayed until May now delayed until I think they've now slated it for July of this year when the logistics I'm doing air quotes here are ready to like distribute it I mean for fuck's sake Amazon is still delivering games and then you can buy the game digitally on the PlayStation Store I don't know what they're faffing about but um, a lot. Seven sold ridiculously high in digital sales already. It's yeah, it's like not going to stop people. Like people, some people like to, some people prefer to buy the discs, myself included. But like, if there was, if if it was, you know, preventing me, like this current crisis, preventing me from just buying the hard copy, I just download it. It's like I'm not that fussed. Like for God's sake, it's such a poor excuse. But anyway, uh, the news that broke over the weekend now is that um, the. <clears throat> There was leaked footage of the entire story of the game just appeared online, um, and is, and as is the machine that uh, the, the that the internet is, um, the video was probably taken down from YouTube, but like it already had been you know screen recorded and shared and you know distributed across lots of forums and gaming it's networks. Has Twitter and channel? Is yeah. a YouTube personality already by this stage? Yeah, it's it's just completely taken over, and obviously they're devastated um you know certainly the the higher ups and the, you know the creative directors behind behind the game in terms of you know the the, the main story points getting out but the problem is is that they waited too long this is almost like um karma for what you could argue is putting employees probably under a significant amount of duress that they felt that oh fuck this shit i'm just releasing this thing i've had enough of this just endless cycle after cycle of you know like you know, you know when you're working on a project say you're working on a really important project for work and there could be a few days or max a week or two of you're really crushing in a lot of extra hours in the in the evenings just to get it over the line if it's a big presentation or a report or something you have to have due you know everybody's been there be it a cottage project or something like that these employees from the director level all the way down to just like individual contributors who might just be do, working on lighting for a very specific element of the game have been packing in nights and weekends for this last of us t- sequel since i uh, from what i gather the end of last year so every time they delay it and they decide to delay it it just means more and more of a toll on their entire staff like outfit so apparently like they're sort of entry-level developers up to maybe you know a few rungs up the ladder that if we were to go back two years it's 70 percent of them have left because they can only hack it for so long before you know they're a complete burnout um and i think whenever this release happens should it happen and you know obviously this 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 leak is really impacting you know how people might enjoy the game uh i think uh there could be a bit of a hiatus from the last of us you know some core teams might you know remain to manage the existing title that's released but they're gonna have to really take a step back and just look at themselves for fuck's oh, sake. Naughty Dog is going to have to have a serious look in the mirror. So the the prevailing theory is that these videos were leaked 
by completely disgruntled members of staff. Exactly. Because who else would have it? Who else? Completely. Yeah. Who else would have it? Like it's not gone for a certification or anything yet. Yeah. So. It doesn't. It doesn't have that gold disc. What does it say? It's gone gold when they have a copy of the game on a disc ready for sort of copy and mass distribution. So I don't even think it was at that stage yet. I mean, I didn't know that, but I guess the more you know. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like I love the Naughty Dog games. You do as well. We've talked about this before, but it, it genuinely makes me sad to my core to kind of hear stuff like this because it, it almost makes me. Because like, that quality of that game is going to be so good. But does it take away knowing that people were literally like worked to their fucking bones to get it over the line? You're, oh, like, oh, you're talking about like, that- fingers bleeding on keyboards level of exhaustion, I would say. like This is all down to like just the insane level of polish and detail they wanted to get. Remember, they probably had 95% of the game ready a year, year and a half ago. But it's that final 5% that Naughty Dog always tries for to just be so much more than what other AAA titles even deliver. Apparently, mm. one detail that leaked was that they were trying to give make sure that every uh, single character in the game had their own individual heartbeat, like the in-game characters. That that's what we're dealing with here. Jesus Christ! Like you have to wonder at some level that somebody has to go. Can we just call this? Just call this. This is ludicrous and probably will not be noticed by anybody. On like you know one tiny hidden easter eggs in the last of us 2 video on youtube in three years time talking about the heartbeats of each character like mm. like i always used to admire them for their insistence on you know, really raising the mantle and like aspiring to just elevate the, the medium to more than what you thought it could be and like that's important i think you want because by doing that you encourage competition and you really test the boundaries of what's possible but everything within reason i feel like that there's an element here that and it, it it struck me that some of the comments from like obviously all these that all of the sort of leaked sort of stories are and like the employees are kept anonymous but there's kind of things along the lines of it's a blessing and a curse to work there because you feel so just proud of yourself to work for arguably the best games development company in the world but then you feel trapped in this scenario where but everybody else is putting in these massive days because that's what it takes to be the best so i have to do the same now and you know they say that you know they look after you like they'll do the best to keep morale up and they'll you know they'll they'll buy your dinners and they'll keep you you know well fed and watered and everything but you're still expected to put in those hours at the end of the day which is where the problem is and a game like that to leak such such key information i think will be a huge blow to them yeah, and i think it is going to require some uh well it's a bit of irony because they kept putting off the game because they thought they had more time to polish it and lo and behold when it should have been released people had enough and they leaked it online it's kind I mean, of like I was cynical last time we talked about this, saying maybe they're trying to, you know, synchronize the launch of the TV show with the launch of the game. Turns out I wasn't cynical enough. Well, yep, you, you, you bloody got them. <laughs> I mean, if I've learned anything from this week, it's to be cynical. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And speaking That's... of being tremendously cynical, oh my god, yes. Have you seen the TV show? Well, TV Netflix show, uh, season two. It's at the moment of uh, Afterlife. You know, Ricky Gervais. I know it, and I heard it's good, but I've never sat down to watch it because I need to be in a specific mood for that kind of depressing comedy. But I've seen clips, and it looks outrageously funny. It is not. Oh, <laughs> no! So the clips I saw no, online it's... are literally the only funny bits then. Oh, 100%. And there is moments of really, really kind of funny parts, you know? Like, do you like Ricky Gervais? Because I, I do. I, I start off not liking him, but I like him now, and I love extras. And I really enjoy the US or the UK office. Yeah, no, know? I, I, I like. Him. I think he's, I think he's a smart guy. So I think his humor is very intentionally right on that. It's there to like push nerves, which I kind of enjoy. I like watching people squirm when you know, and he, when he's doing something or it's in a show. So I, I like his style. I think for the most part. Yeah. So, so I like. I love extras. It's it's hilarious. Absolutely adore it. I think there's a point that Ricky Gervais reached where all his all his material, like he wrote and directed Afterlife, and all his material becomes really gimmicky. As in, remember that that film he was in where you can it was it read people's minds or see ghosts? Ghost Town is that what's called? <laughs> that, I think yeah. that's right. I, yeah, I forgot. I thought you were going to say um, the invention of lying was the one I was. That thinking is of. also what I meant. <laughs> Which is. I, that movie is so up and down so often and so frequently it's bewildering to behold every now and again there's a joke in there that you're like fuck it I'll make that's genius and then for the rest of it it's utter drab um, but you've yes, just I, perfectly described Afterlife yeah that exactly there's, there's jokes in it that are incredible and you love the situations and you the character is really funny but 
especially like the first series is definitely worth watching but it seems like a show that had a perfect ending and should have ended where it uh, did it, it rounded out nicely as a one series thing so but as is yeah. the case with most of these things if it if it has any bit of interest and it has the potential to make money they're gonna battle the shite out of that stick I mean you could say at the moment it's in its afterlife that was awful I'm oh. gonna strike that oh, from the record oh dearie me but look, um, it, it's interesting. I wouldn't say to watch the second series. I'd say watch the first series. If you really love it and you need more, go for the second one. But I'm about four episodes in. And do you know when you start to pick apart everything about a show? Uh, do you know when you reach so, that level so of disengagement? Yeah. So you're not enjoying it anymore. It's just you're just nitpicking every single detail as it crops up, basically. That is yeah. terrible. Yeah. I, I know I That's saw right. there was a funny bit. I, the bit I saw that I thought maybe this is the kind of humor that if it's this consistent throughout, I would enjoy it. it was it's, it's Is it like there's some little ginger kid call him a pedophile or something and he said i'm not a pedophile and even if i was i wouldn't go for you you ugly little shit or like he says it's really (laughs) on the edge kind of oh it's it's much worse than what you just said there and that's a thing like that's where it starts and there's some really fun bits around that but by series two it's kind of you realize that as much as i do enjoy some of his comedy obviously writing and directing this is a complete ego trip because all the characters that he surrounds himself with are idiots and morons and he gets all the best lines all the characters love him for some reason oh, and it's just dear. it does really seem like an ego trip this entire thing so i don't know it's not for me it's getting great reviews people seem to love it uh not me though <laughs> not <It's-> me. <laughs> my cynicism has returned there he is captain cynicism it's what starts off again the first few episodes of the first series that's fairly grounded and fairly normal and real and it quickly, by the second series, it escalates into just absolute lunacy. <laughs> so you just can't really take it seriously anymore at all. Yeah, and it's a fine art trying to do that wacky, over-the-top, completely daft humor. Like, if you don't, you know, restrain it somewhat or, you know, kind of rein it in enough so that when it does go loud and bonkers, it has its most impact. If you don't kind of manage the, that level or that tempo, then it just gets tiring to watch, which is probably why you're so fatigued and just critiquing it now with utmost cynicism from start to finish. Exactly. Now, I was listening to what you said there, but at the same time, I just randomly thought of a joke when you said fine art. And I was like, what do you call the works of a pirate who paints? Fine art. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't know where that came from. It just, it, it just entered my head for some reason. But uh, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> I don't get... Hang on, say that again. What does a pirate... What do you call the works of a pirate who paints? <laughs> Fine art. Anyway, look, it was on the spot. It just came to my head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have a have a drink when I do no, this No, no, podcast. no, no, no. We need moments like that to keep us alive. <laughs> okay. Keep it on the theme of uh, Netflix shows. Might as well quickly mention um, The Last Dance on Netflix. Have you watched any of that? This is the Michael Jordan yeah, show, Chicago right? Bill. I have it's not like, watched yeah, it. The Chicago Bulls, it, it kind of... It, it focuses, it hinges around, for the most part, their uh, their 97-98 season, uh, which is when they won their second three-piece. So they, that was their sixth NBA championship. And it was the same kind of core group of players that achieved this as well. So, was, yeah, Michael Jordan, Scotty Pimmon, Dennis Rodman is on that team as well. He's the guy that's great mates with Kim Jong-un, who's apparently dead Ooh. now. So, Topical. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just so well done. And I kind of charts how each player got to where they were got to where they were and like where they are now and i think what's really funny as well is like every time it focuses on a new player obviously that player is obviously sitting in their own house where they're being interviewed and it's these <laughs> extraordinary mansions <laughs> and like big open like plan like they have sit rooms and dining rooms and everything you're like it's hard to just it's very distracting like this is how good these guys were and look what it has resulted in for these guys but there's a really good like study of like those top 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 athletes the level of drive to like get to you know to be the best and to, to win all those matches is terrifying like you can see it in their eyes when they're talking to each other they still get annoyed about things that happened 30 years ago because they're that competitive and like there's like there's lines in there that make you realize why they were as successful as they were like the earlier in the early kind of michael jordan heyday he like he said the words like oh we're in the we're in the sixth of the sixth game if i if we didn't win this that was another lost championship so they let me out and i just went ballistic for 14 minutes and there's something about the way he kind of describes the build-up that you're like this guy's operating on another level and like he's scoring like 60 points a game oh it's just like if anybody was a fan of forget about even basketball you know who michael jordan is if you watch space jam as a kid you could appreciate 
you could appreciate this TV show. It's just a really good sports documentary series that I encourage people to watch. 100%. So, so what you're saying is that they are not drinking alone in their bedrooms at 12 o'clock on a Tuesday night. Is that what I'm no. hearing from you? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Uh, my, Michael Jordan today has more drive in his left toenail than you and I do combined. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Good Lord. I mean, I'm glad you said toenail, but good Lord. That is... <laughs> Wow, that's true. Yes, I have nothing to say back to that. Uh, it's Although, did you hear my fine art talk? I so. did. <laughs> oh, God. It's pirate radio. <laughs> uh, I think you're artificially inflating your own class there, you son of a bitch. I will, I will. Oh, to be fair, to level the playing field, I will hit you with another joke. How's this? How's that sound? A good go for it. I like okay, it. Okay, here we go. So, uh, I was watching this cookery show the other day, and... Um, uh, so it was actually set uh, on a, it, was an, it was an Australian TV show and, and the chef um, quickly uh, made up a batch of meringue and um, the you know, he, he put it in the oven he came out with a lovely baked meringue and the crowd went wild they were cheering they were applauding uh, which honestly I thought it was strange because I thought Australians normally boomerang hey <laughs> I'm entering this podcast as a comedy podcast not an entertainment one this oh. week <laughs> Someone said that joke to me two weeks ago, and it has just been bouncing around in my head constantly. I'm like, that joke is genius. You know when you have these profound moments, like, how has nobody talked about that before? How has nobody thought about this? How has nobody said boomerang? How has nobody talked about it before? (laughs) How has this never been brought up in the history of man? (laughs) Why are we not talking about this? This is important. (laughs) I'm going to make like a boing sound when you say that joke. I'm not, but look, I can dream. Uh, Well, well, you only add the sound effect just... Turn up the volume. I, I mean, <laughs> this is getting weird. This is getting weird. But continuing with the absolutely crazy, mad, weird team that we seem to be going with this episode, mm-hmm. um, I randomly, because, you know, God forbid we have the same segment two episodes in a row, That's... I randomly put out to Twitter to, for people to give us the absolutely craziest, most ludicrous fights that they could think of. So, like, two film characters fighting. I, I, I limited it to film characters this time because you might do games or comics or whatever in mm. the future. But I said film characters this time. Now, I never came up with a name for it, but randomly I was thinking we could call it I Can Do This All Day. Ah, I do like that because we could do on this all day. brand. Very on brand. I like the subset branding you've got going on here. Very effective. Oh my God. I mean, God. you're the brand guy. Let's be honest about this. You did set up all the branding and all the websites and everything. So... <laughs> I am the coaster. <laughs> it's just, I, like I think you mean you're, you're the co-star, not the coaster. You've pronounced it. Oh, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Fantastic. Well uh. done. <laughs> Got to clap. Well, for Ross, you know what they say. We're crushing those biscuits. Oh, Jesus. There we go. Just so we can uh, name this there episode, Crushing Those Biscuits. It's happening. Roll credits. Um, yeah, so our segment <laughs> to get back on some sort of track. <laughs> We got loads and loads of suggestions. Thank you for those that re- responded, actually. It was it's, it seemed like you were the phone was ringing off the hook by the sounds of things. It, essentially, it was, because I did not expect this to get this much traction at all. So thank you to everybody. We didn't talk about this beforehand, all me and Rob, so we haven't seen a lot of these. So I'm just going to randomly pick a few of them okay. and we'll talk about them. Okay. We'll probably do it again in the future, so don't worry. We will get to get to most of them, if not all of them. So thank you again, everybody. Right, Rob, are you ready for this? Uh, we're just going to talk. There's, there's no... We're not going to give. Like, oh, we're just going to talk. Oh, Jesus, I'm, yeah. I wasn't prepared for this talking. I also want to clarify for people who are expecting some sort of rigorous method to for us to decide who wins. Oh, we're just going to use all our personal biases and which we prefer in every scenario. Like, oh yeah, yeah. This is going to be less about the character and more about how much you want to piss off the other person. I, 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 I imagine that's how this is going to go. That's probably reasonable. So how, tell me, are we like, do you want to, is one of us going to vouch for one person or whatever? Or are we just going to spitball it? I think we just, think we just spitball it and see what, see, that might happen organically in certain face-offs. Perfect. Right. Well, there was one that I teased Rob with a little bit earlier. Oh. So I guess we will start with that because it's, because it's great. And that is Kevin from Home Alone <laughs> versus Frodo Baggins. And that was in from the bottom of the stream podcast. So thank you, guys. Thank you, folks. Kevin. Okay, so first of all, what a fabulous pairing that is. Like, that, that you sent me that, and I burst like out laughing just to my... I was just... I think I was just asleep in bed. That woke me up. Just, I knew that was what the text said. It woke me up. It was that good. Just, That's when you sent me your package. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, true story. 
But what are the ground rules here? Are we literally just saying this is... So are they in a neutral venue? Like, for example, obviously Kevin would fare very well if the battle took place in his house. Or New York, I guess. But um, let's <laughs> let's assume it's it like that would be his normal hunting ground. Um, Bilbo, however... His house or New York. Yes. What you mean to say is that he can handle the streets... He can handle a home. He's he's fine. He doesn't matter where the battlefield is for Kevin. Okay, and also B- Bilbo is very well traveled. So Frodo, are we saying Frodo or Bilbo? Frodo. It's Frodo. Ah. Yeah, I know. That's that's look. It's still almost as interesting. Well, for this one, I mean, you ask me. There's absolutely no doubt. Kevin takes this a hundred. Oh, he, he's 100 a stone cold killer. The only thing that is working for Frodo is the fact that he, uh, he probably has the ring. We're going to give him the ring at a minimum. So he can at the, he can at least turn invisible for a bit, but you can imagine that Kevin will already have wherever they are located just rigged up to the nines with various tricks and traps. So say he had the the ring on uh, the the all one and the, the all powerful. I already called it the all lonely ring. I'm not sure what I meant by that. That's oh Jesus, that's not good there. The all- <laughs> but like he'd have paint maybe set up so it would splash him and then you could see him anyway. Lots of exciting stuff I think would happen. What you think would be the trap that that would be a middle earth universe uh, appropriate to kill Frodo with as a trap, a makeshift trap? Well, think about this: Frodo killed. Is it Shelob? Is that what the big spider? Shelob, yeah, the big spider. Yeah. Now we know Kevin is friends to the spiders, <gasps> so he is. You know, yeah, because he has his tarantula. He would pick up Shelob with a big crane and sit it squarely on Frodo's nose. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's that's horrific. Because that's, <laughs> that's, that's what he does to, to Marv in the first I know, no, I know. I'm just, I hate spiders. That is a disgusting, disgusting thought. <laughs> did that get a little Christ. bit too visceral for you, did it? That got too real for me there, yeah. Um, <laughs> you could do that. that. That would both terrify and probably paralyze Frodo. And look, Frodo is Samless, so... Samless in Seattle. Mm. So realistically, <laughs> he's, he's, not, he's not much use without Sam. <laughs> I mean, that's true. You can't deny that. Sorry. I was still laughing at the Samus in Seattle aside that you just snuck in there. <laughs> that is outrageous. Um, I reckon. I mean, look, Frodo Frodo is technically older than Kevin is. Oh, well, that is that never stopped Kevin. Okay, like, no, what? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's the one the advantage <laughs> he might have on his side. What is in it this that. Completely one sided <laughs> battle. What is it that Frodo brings to the table, like, as an actual, like, attack, as something that's menacing or dangerous? Like, what can he. What damage can he inflict on Kevin McAllister? I mean, we have to give him that, like, if, if Kevin has his traps, then Frodo will have his, like, little dagger thing. You know, his, his silvery dagger thing and his, and his chain mail. Okay, so he'll have the mithril vest and he'll have. Um, what's the I'm that? sorry I didn't realise they're going to be pulling out names ah. <laughs> <laughs> pull out more than that if you're not careful um, listen what do you what's what's that bloody what's that fucking sword called the one that glows does it glow when he's in t- no okay so the only it's glows, called Liv Tyler's sword Liv Tyler <laughs> it's, it's, it's called the come and claim him sword listen that's sort of useless anyway because like it, that's like bringing a knife to a gunfight quite literally Kevin's just going to blow his brains out with something so um, I just trying to figure out. He's <laughs> gonna blow his brains. I'm just trying to think of like a a fun way. I love how this is supposed to be a battle, but we immediately decided that Frodo would lose. So it's just like, how will he meet his demise? To be fair, Frodo was always the the pansy of the the fellowship anyway, who was always the one getting in trouble and needed to be rescued. That was the whole shtick. So let me think. What would be a creative way? Kevin would have the ring off Frodo's severed finger thrown into the bloody Mount Mordor back home again before his parents realised he was missing in the airport. <laughs> he was, Kevin, have you been out? I Have you, where were you? Middle Earth. I, I, I mean, I've just been gone for the groceries. <laughs> I know what he'd do. So what he'd do is he would lure Frodo into a forest. Frodo would think that the forest is his safe haven somewhere where he's familiar with. He's got his glowy sword to alert him when there's any danger. <laughs> but little does he know that Kevin doesn't activate the glow of the sword and kevin has secretly worked with two ents which are the big walking tree guys and what he'll do is um he'll he'll frodo will walk in he'll step in a loop around each foot will will grab him and he will be strapped then by two walking ents who will start walking in opposite directions and slowly uh, frodo will start be stretched you know limb for <laughs> limb but just before he reaches that breaking point Kevin will be in an, in a, an adjacent tree 
with a with a rope, another piece of rope, and a tin of paint. And <laughs> <laughs> just and just let that go, and it will hit Frodo squarely in the balls before he is then torn apart by the ants. <laughs> and you say like you say like a one liner, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, something about I don't know. It's it's the watch your baggins, and then <laughs> he just get ripped apart mercilessly. <laughs> Or I got you in the ball baggins. That's that's better. <laughs> Look, it's definitely Frodo who's going to win, but we can at least... Oh, no, it's Kevin who's going to win. And we can at least say it's going to be entertaining. Oh, excellent. Oh, would be like you. Hello. Well, I think we I think we figured out who'd win that one. Well, that was fun. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> that's, that's, all to, that's all to Kevin. Oh, I'm glad we figured out something to do with him. It had to be... It had to be it had to be character appropriate. Okay, another excellent one. Let's move on to, to fight number two. Okay. We'll try and fit in three because this is going on a lot longer than I expected. Uh, it's too much fight fun. number three, Marty McFly versus Peter Parker pre-Spider-Bite. And that is in from uh, Friends and Flares. So thanks for that, guys. It's another oh, excellent one. That is very, very good. Oh, it's excellent. Pre. Okay, so one thing we can establish is that Marty McFly is certainly way cooler than Peter Parker, especially pre Spider Man Peter Parker. A pre pre Spider Man. Let, let's let's do it this way for this one. You on three, we both say who we think would win this fight. Just off the bat, right? You ready to go? Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. Marty, Marty McFly. Ah, uh, yeah. oh, look at the, completely. It's it's yeah. He's got it. He's like. the guy who improvises. He can get out of tough scripts. We've seen him three films back to back. He was getting out of tough scrapes, Ross. Very tough scrapes. A lot of manure going around the place. He got out of those. <laughs> there was an awful lot of manure going around the place. <laughs> Listen, this this my 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 opinion might be very popular, but I'll tell you one thing. He'll win. You hero. <laughs> Nine times out of ten. So I think. Peter's at a significant distance. I'd nearly give it to Marty even if he was Spider-Man, to be honest. But, but, but to counter this, Peter Parker didn't get his, his will and his drive from the Spider-Bite. And he's sure, it was his failure yeah. in light of getting the Spider-Bite to save his Uncle Ben, but he didn't get that drive and that responsibility technically from the Spider-Bite. So had his uncle been killed in another accident and he had not had the Spider-Bite, but it was also his fault... He technically still could have got that, you know, sense of right and wrong and the willingness and drive That's to do true. the right thing. Well, you know what they say, Ross? With great power comes great responsibility. Excellent Keen Peel sketch there. <laughs> but I, I think I think if you were to put them like sort of in that kind of fighting scenario, again, like we could just pick a high school. Yes, Peter might be able to clever his way out of certain situations. He might be come up with some clever kind of chain reaction of something that might like set off like a fire extinguisher and a gas bomb or something you know the standard stuff in the high school but um i think marty just is so good at escaping and you know improvising with whatever he's in like you know whenever he'd come up against biff he'd use the hoverboard or he'd create a surfboard or he'd use frisbees all sorts of fun you know normal fighting equipment <laughs> to get out of a, sc- a scrape and there was just so much manure to, to dodge so like the poor peter parker is ending up in manure one way or the other oh, he's absolutely. getting his face in manure i feel bad for him because at this stage he's a really kind of geeky guy getting bullied and stuff so like marty's probably gonna rub his face in manure and i'm like marty don't do that man don't do that do it marty Plus, me. what if Peter is on like, oh, I'll take you on, you're, you're a chicken. And I mean, that's that's Marty off the hook. <laughs> he like. just he just shoves his face. He goes, take that, Peter Pooper. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Park it. That's terrible. I want to give Peter some credit here. I want to give him some some sort of. Oh, yeah. Like, Sorry, would, to be fair. Would, he's yeah. definitely smarter. Oh, and it's know? definitely not as one sided as the Kevin Frodo situation. I, I think like it'd be just, he'll you know, Marty will just take. But Ross, I want you to give me the scenario in, in which he wins. In which Peter Parker wins or which Marty wins? Oh, well, I think we would say it would be, would be Marty. So what, what would Marty do? You know, that's the, one of life's great questions. I feel like Marty would do something with his skateboard. I feel like Peter Parker yes. would have some clever, you know, scientific thing of like, oh my God, I can weld all these things together. And at this exact point, they're going to fall on Marty and kill him. And that's what's going to happen is that Marty walks through a door and like Peter Parker, something rigged up like mm. a trap, like, Mar- like Kevin would do. Marty also has his has his skateboard, so he jumps on that. He like 
heads towards Peter. Peter jumps out the window to get away, and there's a big, huge pile of manure in the truck outside. Of course, Peter falls in there it, is. And then Marty throws his skateboard on his head and says something clever like, "I was getting bored of this." <laughs> and then the music comes on. Da 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 da. Something like Not that. Not that music. <laughs> I don't care. <okay. laughs> Nobody calls me chicken. Ah, oh, this is fun. I'm enjoying this. I'm having a good time here. This is great. All right, we 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 go for one more. Yeah, let's stick another one in. Okay, let's see. There was I saw. Oh, this is uh, that's there's a really dark one. Do you want the really dark one or the horror movie one? This is the two separate ones. Uh, I'll just go with your better judgment. Whatever you feel would be the most good for a chat. I'm gonna go with Pennywise the Clown. Oh, versus Chucky. Jesus. Yeah, so this is Chucky from Child's Play, of course. Uh, recent remake from with Mark Hamill doing the voice of Chucky. Oh, wow. Um, and then, of course, Paul Pennywise was from It. <laughs> Paul Pennywise. Well, that was that was tough to say out loud. Okay, so, okay, I'm not as familiar with the abilities of Chucky. Is he just a doll with a knife? Is that the... Chucky is essentially just a doll with a knife, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, and it has its, like things inhibitors removed or something silly like that it's not i mean yeah but 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 so you so okay on three let's say who we both want to win or who we think we're going to win yeah okay one two three chucky, chucky. oh now why after after you just saying he's just a, a, a doll why did you say he's, he's gonna win so two important things came to mind there as i was thinking of the two characters one so the the scary element that they bring to battle doesn't affect the other one because they're both horror characters. So they're, the scary part isn't really a thing, I would imagine. So like, that's clever. I wouldn't have thought that. Chucky's not going to get scared of it. It's not going to get scared of Chucky. But that's crucial to how it, the clown, works because he feeds off fear. So his strength comes from the fear of children, from what I recall. And, and from going by the movie, he doesn't really actually have the ability to inflict physical harm on things. He can only you hallucinate it but you don't it doesn't actually happen like nobody actually only adults don't even see it so with that in mind can he even inflict any damage on chucky or, and then chucky could then by comparison just start chopping him to bits with that little knife do you know what i mean you and me rob simpatico you're not going to get that reference because it's from transformers but still <laughs> yeah that's exactly what i was thinking like its power is resolves resides in like fear and like using somebody you know their fear is not against them to almost make them afraid themselves yes. and it draws that power. Chucky is just a robot doll with none of that. So Pennywise has no power over Chucky. Wow. Uh, but the problem is when you start taking it to things like so could Pennywise just influence some guy in the corner to kick Chucky? Okay, <laughs> now Chucky okay. gone. Now you're being creative. Okay, yeah, I hadn't thought of how he might impact others. Because otherwise, he's got none. But here, the, the, also, the problem is, which it chapter one does a much more succinct way of ca- of catching this. That yeah, he doesn't really have a physical presence. Sometimes in it chapter two, he does. I think he's gotten more powerful over the years or some crap. It's a bit wishy washy. But yeah, I think that the general takeaway is that he needs people to be scared of him. Oh yeah, so he would need a vehicle of a person, i.e., a person to carry out his sort of bidding to like actually defeat Chucky but although to be fair actually you've just brought up a very good point because doesn't it convince that fella to like shoot his dad with a gun that is very very true I've just I've just basically undercut my own argument in one sentence there so now <laughs> back to the drawing board <laughs> but say then I mean it depends on the scenario as well because oh, if God. Chucky is just like a doll that Pennywise buys for some reason to have company and then all of a sudden they're alone and then Chucky comes out Pennywise is just in trouble he's 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 in trouble. Is he in trouble? <laughs> he's in trouble. I think he's in trouble. Think... But at the same time, Chucky's batteries could probably run out or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a fear, man. It's a fear. Oh god, it would be amazing if that's it'd be the most it'd be the most pathetic end to this mighty this David versus Goliath battle. Just he's just like and now I do the final th- I don't know what he sounds like. The final strike. That's kind of what he sounds and like. Then, yeah, I figured it was some sort of gravelly squeaky voice. And he just goes, just, just powers down. At the same time, if you've seen It Chapter 2, that is a pathetic ending. So, I mean, you've you've got the nail on the head, really. Okay. I, I, I've i only seen the first It, the first chapter, which I enjoyed, I have to say. The, the first one's great. Don't watch the second one, because it'll even ruin your, your memories of the first one. Oh, no. That's a problem. Yeah. Okay, how would he do it? I think, 
oh, would Pennywise take it? I just feel like Chucky would be a maniac and just like beat the living skitters out of it before he gets a chance to influence someone. That would be, that's what I think I'm going to settle on. I think it wouldn't even be that great of a kill. Like, they'd be just plunked down in front of each other. Yes, there might be other people there that it can eventually influence, but he has to build that over time. Like, he needs, like, a TV or, like, some sort of psychedelics to do it. But Chucky just goes, I'm fucking taking you down, you clowny old bastard. Exactly. With Mark Hamill voice laughing at him, you know, Pennywise is doing his all slow kind of menacing thing. Yeah. Chucky walks up to him, stabs him straight in the heart, and laughs at him and walks off. They already chops him to pieces. Yeah, I think that, that works for me. I'm gonna fix you, Andy. That was sent in by Eat Crime. So, t- Eat Crime Podcast. Thank you very much Eat for crime. that. Eat Crime. Great one. There Eat is... that crime. <laughs> yeah, that's like the tick, isn't it? The tick? The, th- the tick? Yeah, remember the tick? The big blue guy? <laughs> well, Peter's. Uh... Seraphatowitz or whatever it is is it that, that in one of the series yes oh wow I've not watched The, the Tick um, but I, that's The that, Tick is excellent so it gets a big it gets a big uh, tick from you does it nice <laughs> uh, there's so many more of them here so many more of a Chucky and so many more of Pennywise and we'll definitely do this again because this was absolutely great that was great fun um, but for now I guess we, we'll, we'll put it away because I think we just have one more bit to get to Rob oh I oh god I almost forgot yeah you're right and and usually this segment is called no 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 it's still called what it's called oh okay excellent well then this segment's <laughs> called go for it Rob this is hey Ross hey Ross look at these so despite being called that uh, I'm not actually looking at anything this week in this segment we well usually Rob sends me a clip beforehand but I forgot today but and Ross also had one in his back pocket as it turns out oh I did have one in my back pocket so this week I said I'll send it to you mm-hmm. and you can have a look at it okay Rob <laughs> that sentence out of context <laughs> it's the package man it's your package again <laughs> sorry continue oh no basically just describe the clip I sent you okay so this was a, a minute-long clip from Turbo Kid, a beloved Yay. movie of Ross's. I have to just to just to get that out there before I, I dive into this. And this, this, the setup is simple: it's Turbo Kid and his buddy being chased on a bike by what can only be described as um, buzzsaw-cladded uh, 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 henchmen or baddies. Yes. And. The, 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 the first 30 seconds is just, you know, uh, I'm assuming it's Turbo Kid because he clearly has that lead character kind of vibe going for a big red kind of clunky outfit. The bikes are just normal bikes. But um, so I thought this was just like kids sort of playing a make-believe game or something as as uh, as the scene started. But as progressed, <laughs> I learned very quickly that this is not kids playing games. This is a very <laughs> violent situation that they've landed themselves in. Um, the scene is confusing for a lot of reasons. Well, one, they're in these very clunky-looking cardboard-made sort of fake costumes. The three baddies chase Turbo Kid and his buddy. Um, but then Turbo Kid just turns around when he reaches like this quarry, and he just blasts two of the bad guys, two of the buzzsaw <laughs> bad guys, with like a phaser beam or something, and they explode. Like, they just full-on pop. The first blood guy... Blood everywhere. The, grotesque it's very, oh, it's blood. very graphic. Like, I was like... I, <laughs> the first guy just popped, and I just went, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, for a person who hasn't seen Turbo Kid, which I knew you hadn't, I this scene is is everything that Turbo Kid is in a lovely little minute long segment, because there's ridiculous bikes without context. You have no idea what's happening. Yes. Um. The the characters look ridiculous. Uh, it looks like a kids' film or something until this grotesque bloody thing happens. That you're oh like, yeah, yeah. What? And the you... soundtrack mm. is excellent in it. The soundtrack is great. It's like that retro '80s kind of synth feel, synth wave, yeah. synth wave sort of stuff going on. And it like, and it it feels like it. Now it doesn't look cheap, but it has that kind of that charming. You know, you just ever see the movies like the little like the little giants or um, oh, is it the Misfits or something? I, there's there's a movie with like kids in it. Basically, it's like a classic '90s. Yes, that kind of vibe. Um, and it ends. Even that clip ends on a cliffhanger because the third buzzsaw baddie. Um, gets off his bike before Turbo Kid gets a chance to blast him, and he shoots a buzzsaw at uh, Turbo Kid's compadre. And there's this am- apple. Is her name, by the way, just so everybody knows. What's her apple? name? Apple. 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 Yeah. Bloody heck! Uh, th- and there's this really funny, like it's very comical kind of slow mo. It's not actually in slow mo. They've clearly just taped the buzzsaw to the bottom of the camera and sort of sway it over and back like, ran as they her. run towards her with the <laughs> with the camera. 
<laughs> she has this amazing look of disbelief on her face. <laughs> it's, it, it's so delightful because it's just, it's a scene which shows you people who enjoy making films, making films. It's so removed from anything you would find in like a big budget movie. And that's kind of why I love it. So I'll put it up on Twitter because oh I think God, it definitely yeah. Out of context, that scene would just really throw people. Like that is right, that's straight out of left field, that one. It's for, and for that yeah. very reason, it's appropriate for this segment. <laughs> And I knew it would be. No, I like I. I know you've you've encouraged me to watch that movie multiple times, but I feel like I couldn't watch it unless you were watching it with me, with me, because that would only enhance the viewing. I feel. Oh, when this lockdown's over, man, that's what we're doing first: is cracking a few beers and watching Terrible Kid together. Don't worry, I'll bring over a package, and we'll watch. Well, the movie yes, I'll get my barrel. <laughs> okay everybody uh i think that's it i think we're done i think another episode is in the bag thank you so much for listening thank you for sticking with us really thank you for all the suggestions people sent in for that segment thank you keep those coming they were great yeah if you could keep the coming they'd be great because they were awesome rob where can people find us oh you know on the website capunderstands.com and that's where you'll kind of find like i know i actually ross is about to, we're going to publish a, a new set, a content piece of ross's i'll let you explain that in a second buddy and that's going to go up to the website soon all the way episodes are there but then obviously from just a, a podcast player standpoint you can find us on soundcloud spotify apple podcasts and um, google uh i don't know how you find it on google playlists but there's a thing called google podcast or place or something um pod chaser the pod nation playlist um Podtail, can't forget Podtail. Uh, and then, of course, we've got Twitter, which is um, at Cap Understands, which Ross creates with a plum. Uh, buddy, do you want to give them a little bit of light, shed a little bit of light onto the, the content piece that you've got coming up? Uh, yeah, so there'll be a kind of an article going up about five comic series to read during lockdown. Uh, I tried to kind of pick ones that were like short enough that you could definitely get through them during this lockdown, but long enough that it's good and there's dense and there's material there mm. so it's five good ones five ones i love and five recommendations and are the uh, are all of the pieces of content can you can you read them digitally on online websites oh oh i made sure of it i even got the price on comiXology oh <laughs> you crafty son oh of look a at bitch. that i know right they even come under 50 Filthy euro stuff. for them together if only comiXology could listen to me ah but look hopefully you guys will read it hopefully you'll enjoy it even rob you should read it and enjoy it that's true you also read any of them no yeah well we'll see about that won't we yes we shall but look <laughs> i guess then uh all that's left to say is that i've been ross oh and i've been rob and this has uh, been iron southern reference uh thanks so much for listening thanks, boomerang <laughs> just boomerang just boomerang and crush my biscuits <laughs> <laughs> uh, nobody's gonna get that <laughs>